Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio featuring myself, Russell Hartman, John Luke Shapiro, and Kevin Krupe. Boys, it's great to be back after our little hiatus, and we're going to talk a bunch of new stuff about Rangers hockey, starting with, of course, our opening segments. And, Kevin, we're going to start with you, because I want to hear your voice, and I want to hear how you're doing. It's a bad idea, no, Russell. You should know no, that by it's now. terrible. How dare you start with me? I can't warm up a crowd like you can. and i guess everybody has been talking about igor and i'm gonna say it sestyorkin because i like it pronounced that way better he got it yeah kevin Kevin, i gotta stop you for a second what forever blue shirts radio is powered by forever blue shirts ah yes okay go ahead even though jl says it in the opening (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm going to just reference him to Igor now because I don't feel like saying that over and over again. That's very American <sighs> of you, Kevin. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, Igor has been, might I say, stellar since he's come back, come back, come up for the first time ever to deal with this three-headed goalie monster that you know the Rangers still want to put out. Recently, David Quinn says, you know what? I don't really want to make sure everybody's getting an adequate playing time. I'm going to play the best goalie I can. And now we have back-to-back starts for Igor. The first time, his first away game, I believe, which is very interesting against the Winnipeg Jets. And he's had such a fantastic start. Would you say that we could potentially see a Blues 2.0 if he keeps starting like this? And I only say that because he has a 5-1-0 record in his first six starts in the league, which is absurd. Recently, if you, I don't know if you've seen Mark Stahl get interviewed. I think I forgot who it was against, but... They were asking, how does Igor feel? How is it different than, you know, playing with Hank? He's like, Igor's a lot more versatile. He definitely plays with a stick more, so we have to get used to that. So we don't have to come back as much. He keeps the pace going. And, you know, if you have a young goalie in Igor, like you did with Jordan Binnington with the Blues last year, who's to say that the Rangers can't play this well with this guy? 5-1, and one, if they go at this pace for the rest of the season when Igor starts, is a conversation saying that you could make the playoffs, possibly wild card. And, you know, you know, just to show how impressive he is, Igor only lost 17 of his last 126 regular season games, not counting tonight's against Winnipeg, in the last four years with a .934 save percentage in that span. And that is unreal. That's AHL, KHL, and NHL. And those are arguably three of the top five leagues in the league. It's just, it's un, it's unreal. This kid is lights out. He, you know, obviously he meshes well with, you know, Panarin and Boots, the other Russians in his locker room. But, you know, to have this kind of goalie at this point in the season when you know you might get rid of one just kind of gives re- revitalization. The guys are looking better. There's a different surge. Obviously, they lose against recent, you know, better teams like the Stars and I forgot who else they lost to. But, you know, they're beating the teams they need to beat. 
And I think Igor has just been fantastic. Could we see a Blues 2.0? Probably not. But, you know, if he keeps starting, why not? I just don't think the Rangers are as deep as the Blues were a year ago. I don't oh, no, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying they are in terms of roster. I'm saying, you know, they did bring in Biddington oh, around sure, that. Sure. Obviously a I, month earlier than the Rangers are now, but it's just, who's to say? Like, he could revitalize. He could start, every, you know, almost every game. Even though they have back-to-back games coming up, he could start at least one of those, and then either Georgiev or Hank can back him up. It's just, I think he has a, you know, he's deserved his time. Yeah, I think Igor, you know, he's done more than enough in on the world stage. He's done more than enough playing for other, fran- I mean, other teams, other parts of the franchise. You know, he's done his time. He's served his time, and he's paid his dues. And, I mean, if he drags his team into the playoffs, I mean, that would be amazing. I, I don't think that they're obviously not primed to win a cup, but if he brings them to round one and they can get that experience behind Igor, I think that would be really great. Um, you know, sky's the limit for that kid. He's he's an, he's already proving he's an amazing goaltender. The way he re- reads plays, the way he's aggressive uh, against the puck carriers, the way he handles the puck—it's just really impressive to watch. His stick play is just unreal. I think it was his first start, and he poked someone either on a breakaway or it was like a two-on-one or something like that. And just that alone just shows yeah. how versatile he is. Absolutely, and. You know, and I'm not, I'm not sp- discrediting Hank in any way. I'm really not. It's just he was never really good with the stick. No, and it he just was. shows how composed Igor really is with poking and then getting back up to defend. Absolutely. And a lot of the spotlight has been on Igor Shosturkin, um, you know, for the past few games and deservedly so. But JL is here to talk to you guys about some guys that are maybe have been some unsung heroes over the past few weeks for the Rangers, including uh, guys like, well, you know what? I'll let JL tell you. Thank you, Russell, for not saying what exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> so, uh, you know, looking at the last couple of games with the New York Rangers, um, one of the questions has always been, who or where will this secondary scoring come from? Now, obviously, we have guys like Artemi Panarin, obviously, Ms. Mika Zibanejad, you know, Chris Kreider, Ryan Strom, the big boys coming up and... <clears throat> And, and, and making a mark on things. But then, you know, if any of those guys tend to go silent, then we don't exactly, you know, see much from anyone else. Tune now to the bottom six forward as of late of Greg McKegg, Phil DiGiuseppe. You could even throw Michael Haley in that situation, you know, and Brandon Lemieux. Lemieux coming back has been a firecracker. He's he's even though he's gone up on the third and fourth lines, that's exactly what he's here for. And he's been able to provide a spark in the team. You can definitely see that the team is reacting to that than it was when he wasn't around. Guys like Greg McKegg and uh, Phil DiGiuseppe seem to just be filling in in the right spots. And, you know, DiGiuseppe just got called up, and I think he got two points the other night playing on a line with Hedl and Kako. So it goes to show that these depth signings that the Rangers made in the offseason, I remember... Uh, I think we were talking about it on this podcast, actually. We were looking at some of the guys who were in camp, and we said they played really well. One of them was Greg McKegg. The other one was um, Danny O'Regan. And the other one was Phil DiGiuseppe. And each of those guys played well enough in training camp to earn a spot. But at the time, they were giving the spots to guys like Leah Sanderson, and they were trying to see what else they could try and finagle in. But now, as the season has progressed, and guys like McKegg have settled in, he's done a pretty decent job. He scored a couple of goals over the last couple of games, especially against Los Angeles. And you just start to see that depth helps this team 
play better. And when they have guys there who are willing to be those types of guys, like a DiGiuseppe, like a Lemieux, like a um, <clears throat> Greg McKegg, excuse me, amongst others, then guess what? The other guys tend to ease up a little bit, and the team actually plays better. And before I pass it over to Mr. Hartman over here, I just want to mention that uh, when DiGiuseppe was called up, he was called up as an injury replacement for Chris Kreider. And they stuck him on the first line with Sabanajad and Buchnevich. And guess what? They asked them after the game what happened, and they absolutely said they enjoyed playing with him. So give credit where credit is due. The lower-end guys have attributed to a lot of the success as of late, along with the goaltending and obviously Artemi Panarin, of course, and Chris Kreider. But a team isn't made of just those guys. It's made of all the forwards on the team, and those guys certainly helped. Yeah, I mean, you know, you as much as you love having the superstars, as much as you need the top six skill, as much as you need the guys that are sniping the goals, you got to have the hard workers. You got to have the guys that are going to drive people nuts, and you got to have guys that are going to pot the odd goal now and then in addition to that hard work. And Greg McKegg has been really great, as you said, JL. Phil DiGiuseppe has been a nice little revelation for this team's bottom six. And, you know, even Michael Haley, before he got hurt in limited play, you know, he does what he does. He starts fights, he agitates a little bit, and he doesn't play a lot. But that's his role on the team. So, you know, along with all the sniping and the skill guys, you need guys like that to round out your squad. So I'm, I'm thank you for, you know, kind of shining the spotlight on some of these guys who don't always get that. So it's good to give them a little time to shine. Thank you. It's part of my uh, job. And, you know, <laughs> moving from guys that don't get talked Ugh. about a lot to guys that ha are getting talked about a lot. Connor McDavid is, uh, you know, confirmed today by GM Ken Holland of the Edmonton Oilers. He's going to be out the next two to three weeks, meaning that the NHL's best player, best player in the world, is not going to be increasing his candidacy for the Hart Trophy over the next three weeks. Now, a lot of people are saying this means Leon Dreisaitl is now the odds-on favorite, um, but he's not. Because I think, if anything... This will show the voters, this like kind of two to three week gap, this will show more people exactly what Artemi Panarin is doing and exactly how much Artemi Panarin means business this year. I mean, we're already talking about, like Kevin was saying before, if the Rangers can sneak into a wild card with Igor, but if they make it there, and make no mistake, if the Rangers somehow make the playoffs, the main reason will be the play of Artemi Panarin. And we've talked about this on the show before, about you know how much he means to this team, the MVP level type of play he's playing this season. If, our t if the Rangers make the playoffs, McDavid's out now. He's going to be out three weeks. His numbers, McDavid's not going to build up. Yes, Dreisaitl's an amazing player, um, but the Oilers are a much more talented team at this point in time, and they've been expected to make, take the next step. Whereas the Rangers this year, people have labeled them for a lottery pick since before the season began, even with the additions of Panarin, Truba, Fox, Kako, and you know, keep going down the list. Um, if anything, I think that this injury to Connor McDavid just opens the door even more for a possible Artemi Panarin Hart Trophy win. And, you know, the Rangers have not had a Hart Trophy winner in quite some time. And it would be really special to see, even if this team gets knocked out in round one, even if they don't make it and he somehow he sways the voters enough to see a guy like Panarin get rewarded for taking, you know, taking this big role on a team and accepting that, you know, it might not be brighter days right now, but the brighter days are coming, and he's going to be one of the stars that will hopefully be leading this team to cup contention in the very near future. Very well said, and you're absolutely yeah, I mean, right on that. Like you said, it's it's very uncommon for you know someone to not make the playoffs and get the hard trophy. I think it's 
I don't remember the last time it happened, but it's definitely not recent. And, you know, you really do, if you want to make a case for him, you just have to look at last season compared to this season. And I know the points are about the same middle of the pack kind of deal, but you just need to do the eye test and see how well this team looks with Artemi Panarin at the helm, you know, scoring the goals and just being as dominant as he is. And, you know, he's revitalized the team in a way. Well, weren't you, you were at one all of those their... games, Kevin, that he wasn't in, if I'm correct. Unfortunately, the one game I went to was <laughs> against the Islanders, and he wasn't there. And he missed the All-Star game, too, so I didn't even watch. So, yeah, no, it's just his value is so great to the team that, you know, sometimes playoffs might not be the indication. Just a little sidetrack here. You could compare this to Jacob deGrom winning the Cy Young Award for the Mets because of, you know, even though he had a losing record when it came to, you know, win-loss column, and people were arguing, well, you need to win-loss, you need to win-loss. Yeah, but that's a team effort. Where Panarin's doing, he is the team at this point. He's making the team better. Jacob DeGrom is making the team better, and that's why you win individual efforts. Now, this is a completely different story with the Hard Trophy versus Cy Young, but, you know, you just have to look at it. Can't, you can't just be stuck in your ways. Did he make the playoffs? Yes. Good, he can win. Did he make the playoffs? No, he can't. It's just, it, you can't be this definitive. Can't yeah, be this black and white when it comes to this kind of stuff. Granted, the best player usually is on a playoff team, but yes, that is true. And I mean, it will be really tough for him. You know, it will be tough for his candidacy, like people saying if the Rangers don't make the playoffs. But you have to really consider what he's doing, the personnel around him, and just how much he means. Because they're I mean, the youngest this, team in the league. Exactly, and I mean this. This really begs the question, though. What does the MVP trophy mean? Is it the best player in the league, or is it the player that truly is the most valuable to his team? Or even and just, like, throw him on the team. Will he be the best there? He Will absolutely. he be the best fit? Will he make this team ultimately better because of his presence? Probably Connor McDavid. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, look. really is Connor McJesus. If, if I mean, look, I, I said this in our group chat a little while back. I was like, if you're just going to give it to the best player, just name it the Connor McDavid Award for the next 15 years. Like, you know, oh, like yeah. Yeah, a, lot but a lot of older Got people it. won't like that, though. I mean, that's true, but like, you, and and I get it. Like, I get the arguments, but you really you can't disagree that he's the best player in the world, and I mean, I he deserves every accolade that. that he gets. But you know, I digress. Artemi Panarin, Hart Trophy. The guy deserves it, and I really hope he gets serious consideration for it, whether or not the Rangers make the playoffs or they don't make the playoffs. So that would be awesome to see. And now it's time for everyone's favorite game this week, hosted by Mr. John Luke Shapiro. JL, it's trivia time, buddy. Hit that music. Ladies and gentlemen, cue the go horn, please. I mean, you're ladies and gentlemen, so... Goodness, Kevin, I guess you, why do you have to be such a sourpuss, Kevin? Not sourpuss, I'm just stating a fact. Cue the goal horn, JL, for yourself. All right, now with Kevin's smart aleck ways <laughs> finished, it's time for the next edition of Rangers Trivia. If, if you don't understand the basic premise of trivia, it's basically Which this. It's ridiculous. Answer questions, and if you get them right, you get celebrated. Now, before we start, each one of us has <laughs> one extra tally. Kevin has won one, Russell has won one, and I have won one myself. It is time to break the tie between the two fellas from Brooklyn. Here we go, Let's boys. Are you ready? 
I am sure. ready. Wait, I do you want to read us the rules for Double Dare first? Do you want double me to? Dare. <laughs> I can no, do no, it if please. you want. You have to run a very specific track. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say it again after. If Kevin doesn't yell at me because he thinks he's my dad. I'm just, I'm just saying. You literally said one line, and that's the premise of trivia. Okay, all right, we get it. Let's start. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay, here we go. Let's see. Oh, where's the one I was looking for? Oh, I think I lost it. No, I have it. Hold on. Oh, he's got it, folks. <laughs> Don't worry. He's prepared. Okay, here we go. Brian Leach was briefly property of, but never played for, this Western Conference team. Is it A, the Edmonton Oilers? B, the Los Angeles Kings, C, the Vancouver Canucks, or D, the Dallas Stars? I think it was the Canucks. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say that too. I'm, I think it was Vancouver Canucks also. Is that your final answer? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would say so. Gentlemen, you are both incorrect. Oh. <laughs> it was A, the Edmonton Oilers. Really? really? In June 2003, the Rangers traded Leach to Edmonton for a goalie, UC Markinen, and a fourth-round pick. The Oilers made the deal knowing Leach, an impending free agent, was unlikely to sign with them. A month later, Leach re-signed with the Rangers, and the Oilers received a compens- compensatory pick. So basically, this huh. was part of that time when teams were trading away players for picks and then re-signing them after... Um, the, uh, once the free agent period started, there's a whole like. Did, couple you, of did you hear that, Jeff Gordon? You know you could trade your players no, you and resign them in the offseason. No, you can't do that anymore. They they took that out with the new CBA. Sorry. Did you hear that, Jeff? You could trade <laughs> him, and then if he's a free agent, you still sign him if he chooses to. All right, here we After go. He does his due diligence with other teams, of course. Oh gosh. All right, Kevin. You can't hear me. <laughs> well, maybe he will. You All right, don't here we know go. what he does. He was the Rangers' highest Russian-born draft pick. Is it A, Alexei Sharapanov, B, Alexei Kovalev, C, Fedor Tutin, or D, Sergei Zubov? I think it's Kovalev. Kevin, you know answer? I think it's A. Sharapanov? Yeah. I think Kovalev. Russell Hartman is correct. It is oh, Alexei yeah, Kovalov. He was selected 15th overall in 91. Alexei Sharapanov was chosen 17th overall. Oh, I knew he was drafted before Fedor 20. Putin was drafted 40th overall in 01, and Zubov went 85th overall. Russell Hartman gets the point. That's right, right, baby. Here we go. In 2010, 2011, he led the league in block shots with 236. That is absurd. Dan Girardi. Is it A, Dan Girardi? (laughs) Is it B, Mark Stahl? Is it C, Ryan Callahan? Or D, Michael Sauer? No, it's Dan Girardi. I knew before you said the responses, yeah. You are both correct. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) It's Dan Girardi. He missed only two games and he scored 31 points that year. He was on fire. I miss Dan Girardi. Let's see. Dan Girardi with his eyes that could like see into oblivion. Like he <laughs> into said the, your soul. Yeah, he said the craziest eyes. Man. You need more protein in your diet. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. In 1933, this right winger had eight goals in eight games, plus two assists to lead all playoff scorers in goals and points. Is it A, Butch Keeling? B, Bun Cook. C, 
Frank Boucher or D, Cecil Dillon? Yo, I'm going with my man Frank Boucher. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Gentlemen, you are both incorrect. I bet it was Bond Cook. It's Cecil Dillon. Oh, wow, I was wrong. Dillon was also the leading scorer in the Stanley Cup Finals, which the Rangers won by defeating Toronto. Yay. What? Yeah, 1933. Okay, here we go. Question question number four. Russell Hartman with a 2-1 lead. He coached only 18 games for the Rangers before being forced out to resign due to health issues. Is it A, Tom Webster? Is it B, Ron Smith? Is it C, Jean-Guy Talbot? Or is it D, Ron Stewart? Can you repeat the answers, please? He coached 18 games for the Rangers before having to resign due to health issues. Is it Tom Webster, Ron Smith, Jean-Guy Talbot, or Ron Stewart? I'm going to go A for this one, Chael. Russell, your answer? I think I'm going to go Ron Stewart. I don't know, something about that name. I don't Kevin, know. you said That's A? I said A. Kevin Krupe, you are correct, sir. Yeah! Oh, Tom Webster, he was hired Tied as the coach of the stuff. Rangers in November 86 to replace Ted Sater. Webster was plagued by an inner ear disorder that prevented him from flying. He only coached home games for several weeks before announcing his resignation in April 1987. That question will probably get Ant all excited because that's around this time. The Dinosaur oh, yes, Ages. Alright, <laughs> All right, here we go. We got a tiebreaker here, boys. Well, this is the fifth question, so uh, if you, we'll have to go to more, if anything. He holds the club record for most points in a game with seven. Is it A, oh, Jean Rattel? Is it B, Wayne Gretzky? Is it C, Ron Duguay? Or is it D, Steve Vickers? It is most certainly D, Steve Vickers. Mm-hmm. Kevin, I'm are you just, my head. Yes, are you just nodding his head because you're just going with what Russell says? I'm it's... just going with what Russell says because he's so confident. <laughs> Gentlemen, you are both correct. It is yeah. Steve Vickers. <laughs> February 18th. I can't Kevin take any cheated. chances. Kevin cheated on that one. Cheated on nothing. You could have waited. Vickers scored three goals and assisted on four others in an 11-4 Rangers win against future Rangers coach Ron Lowe. Okay, we've got some tiebreakers, ladies and gentlemen. Let's dig deeper. Oh, tiebreakers. All tiebreakers. right. Now this one's that one's too easy. The old razzle dazzle. Okay, here we go. Did I? I might have. No, I did that one last time. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to make sure I give you one that's uh, pretty hard. Okay, here we go. He celebrated his first college goal by breaking a stick over his bare head. Who was it? Is it A, Tom Laidlaw? Is it B, Mike York? C, Carl Haglin? Or D, James Patrick? I'm going to go C, Carl Haglin. I feel like Tom Laidlaw would do something like that. I don't know why. Tom Laidlaw was on the show a while back, and he was a great guy to talk to. (laughs) I did hear that. I feel like this is a Tom Laidlaw story for some reason. Kevin, (laughs) is that your final answer? You say Carl Haglin? I'm going to choose Haglin. I have a weird feeling. Russell, is that your final answer? Yeah, I like Tom Little. He's a good guy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, 
Russell Hartman is your champion. Ah. It is Tom Laidlaw. Rugged I defense. knew it. I don't know why I thought Carl Hagelin would do that. Northern Michigan's <laughs> first Division One hockey team in 76-77. The New York Papers oh. hyped up the stick-breaking story after he was drafted 93rd overall by the Rangers in 78, in part to show that the Philadelphia Flyers, with their broad street bully image, didn't have a monopoly on toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Rangers trivia. Congratulations to Russell Hotman. Oh, yeah, baby. Right. I guess I'll clap. Two wins so far. Yes, you better clap. clap. Because, because Kevin, Please clap. Kevin shouldn't have even made it to overtime there because Kevin didn't know about Steve Vickers. I made him. I didn't ranch. know. Ooh, I don't one, know Kevin. that much history, Russell. It's okay. You'll learn. You'll learn. You'll learn nothing. <laughs> and with my amazing trivia win, trivia has come to an end this week. But we will be back, and Kevin will be hosting next week. Revenge! Diabolical questions. By the way, let me just point out, that trivia section was powered by foreverblueshirts.com. <gasps> oh, okay. Wait, wait, in case you guys didn't hear, powered by foreverblueshirts.com. You know he's no. going to get on our case it's about powered this, powered by right? foreverblueshirts. <laughs> wait, powered by com, the website yeah. for Ranger fans. And, and now Twitter. <laughs> and now we move on to our third segment, which is again powered by foreverblueshirts.com. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know. Oh boy, we're going to hear it from him. Oh so, with no, the past he's, he's, he should be happy that we're saying foreverblueshirts.com. That's true, he should be happy. So he he should does, be happy we're saying it so Because much. it's powered by foreverblueshirts.com. <laughs> with, with that, we're, we, we're going to move on here before we power by foreverblueshirts.com even more. With the passing of the torch to Igor Shesterkin. Um, it's seemingly the sun is setting on Henrik Lundqvist's time as a starter in the Rangers, and that, and you know, it's it's a time to kind of uh, ponder about Igor's future and what Hank brought to this franchise, you know, for such a long time. Um, I don't think you can quantify exactly what Henrik Lundqvist brought to this team since the 2005 season. I mean. You're talking about someone who has literally been the heart and soul of this team and who has done absolutely everything within his power to, br to bring this team to a Stanley Cup title, and he ultimately came short in his one chance in the finals in 2014. But, I mean, this man has literally done it all. I mean, you're talking tops and Vesna voting for such a long time, finally wins a Vesna trophy in 2012, um, gets to three Eastern Conference Finals, gets to one Stanley Cup Final, um, you know, uh, Rangers record and shutouts, Rangers record and wins. He's, uh, you know, he's done absolutely everything. Basically earned the title of king, basically. Yeah, I mean, he yep. truly is king the king. And it might be time for the czar, but looking back, the king did everything he possibly could to deliver the city a Stanley Cup title and got extremely close. And I mean... I, I I'm I'm kind of at a loss for words here. I mean, it's it's something that you all knew we we all knew was going to happen eventually, but to finally kind of like see the sun setting on Hendrik Lundqvist's career is emotional to say the least, boys. Oh, definitely, definitely. You just like you said, Russ. You really can't quantify what he did. I mean, franchise leader in almost every goalie category in Rangers history. You can quantify it that way. He's definitely getting his number retired, I'm sure, extremely quick. Oh, I'm, And, yeah, yeah this, that's a no-brainer. And it's just, like you said, he did come close to a Stanley Cup victory. It's not like 
he could score the goals. It's not like he could do everything. He gave them the chance to win every game, game in and game out, and he's still doing it now, which just shows how good he is at the position. And if you want to say that, you know, he's washed up or he's done, he's with the youngest team in the league still. These guys are still getting their feet wet, so to speak. And, you know, he's putting on a show, when it, but there are still times you could see his age. But I don't know. It's just if you want to criticize him for his poor play, that's one thing. It's like, you know, it's going to happen. You're frustrated. The Rangers aren't winning. They're not going to make the playoffs. You got to blame somebody. It's understandable, but you can't, you know, stand here and say that he didn't make an impact on your lives when it came to Rangers hockey. Watching his playoff performances where he was just unbelievably, like, overpowering for the other goalie, for the other team, he is just the, he's the best goalie the Rangers have ever had. And to see a kid like Igor come in and have this effect this quickly says one of two things. One, the Rangers are losing and you need to a, a change of pace and this is a fresh start Two, the kids just that good so the rangers are good at one thing and it's drafting goalies late drafting Igor <laughs> in the fourth round and you yeah. know Henrik Lundqvist literally in the last round so they're good with it and Benoit Lair is stellar so he's always going to get a credit every time we talk about goalies it's just he he is just unbelievable he's so happy when he wins he he brings this intensity and I don't know. The it's just greatest. jail. Like, I, I don't know what else to add. I just, I'm going to keep going in circles. <laughs> the greatest European goaltender of all time. And I am take, I'm going on a limb saying that because you have guys like Hasek. Amongst I was about players. to say, Dominic Hasek might have something to say about that. But, jail, but... numbers-wise, Henrik Lundqvist is arguably the best European goalie of all time. The only thing that he really doesn't have is a Stanley Cup win. And... You know what this really feels similar to, to our Mets fans out there, is basically similar to what happened with David Wright. They actually came up around the same time, and we all saw both of these guys grow up into the players that they became, you know, I know now, or what, they, what they ended up resulting in. You know, David Wright, just like Henrik Lundqvist, had a shot at getting a title and missed, but it really wasn't his fault, as it wasn't Lundqvist's fault. You know, Henrik, for... Probably 85% of the playoff series he played in was basically the reason why the Rangers won those games. I mean, you look at you look at that series against Washington in 2012. Um, hello? <laughs> I mean, that Washington team was good. But Henrik yeah. Lundqvist was better. And the Rangers were able to, you know, score goals, obviously, because, you know, they won the series, of course. But... And then look at uh, another prime example is actually the 2015 Eastern Conference Final mm-hmm. when they were playing with basically everybody hurt on the team. Ryan McDonough playing with one leg. you know, Dan Girardi and Mark Stahl. Dan Girardi hurt. with swollen ankles and yeah. busted shoulders. Who was the one that kept him, kept those teams in it? It was Henrik Lundqvist. Night in, I say this all the time on Twitter whenever Henrik does well. is a, a good Henrik Lundqvist start was something that a, a, a like a, a bad Henrik Lundqvist start is a good goal a regular goaltender's good start if if that mm. makes any sense way to, way to come around on that one yeah, yeah. thanks Kevin <laughs> <laughs> always just, do this just to me always always I gotta but, call you out of course but 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 my point is is that 
we're not going to understand what we lost until it's gone. And mm-hmm. yes, I love Igor. He is arguably he's the future. He, he is the future. He is, and he's definitely future. he he remi- he reminds you of a young Lundquist. If you watch a lot of the old games, he reminds you of a young Lundquist. Obviously, Igor's better with the stick, but still. So, like David Wright leaving the Mets, Henrik Lundqvist leaving the Rangers, you are going to notice it. Obviously, oh. having Igor softens the blow a little bit, but there's just something different, or it's going to be something different when you hear you don't hear Sam go safe by Lundqvist, you know, and just I, it's just we're we're just going to miss it. And I do have to agree with you there, Kevin. He is the best goaltender this franchise has ever had. A lot of the older guys or older fans, rather would disagree with us, and don't get me wrong, I think Mike Richter is yeah. right up there with Henrik. But oh, no, I, I meant statistically. Oh, statistically, he's yeah. I better. Mean, statistically, you can't, there is no but one again, better it's, Rangers. It's different, it's different time periods. Yeah, it different really time is. periods, different play styles. This and, and, and of course, so. a lot of people always point to Richter as having reached the mountaintop. Okay. Yeah, well, but I that's mean, of a, course. But that's a, so that's a, the, that's the thing. People are gonna argue this about because it's like, oh well, you know, his team was better. It's like, yeah, his team was better. Goalies can't score goals. <laughs> if a you goalie, to, they, I feel like a thing. lot a lot of people don't take into account that Mike Richter had Mark Messier, Adam Graves, Brian Leach, Sergey yeah. Zubov, yeah. Jeff Bukaboom. Well, let's like, not we're, well, let's all discount the Stanley Cup team. Let's not discount <laughs> some of those saves that he made. Oh no no no! I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to discount. I'm the Rangers in some of those games. Like let let let's be real. My my point my point was that. Mike Richter at one point, you're talking about three, four, five Hall of Famers on at, at the team, and, and that he had, for that one season at least, he had more help than Henrik Lundqvist. But Henrik never has had that. The closest, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the closest like now, Henrik now had was it. what? Uh, 2014 with guys like St. Louis Richards and uh, a couple <laughs> of other guys. I mean, that's probably the closest you can say because that team did go all the way. They just didn't finish yeah. it, you know? Yeah. So, it, it, People, I, I never, I can never understand why Ranger fans are all of a sudden trying to trash the guy. That just kind of all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden. Seriously, it no, just, it I mean, doesn't like, make any sense. Since like, they stopped making the playoffs last year, but it, they would start you can't getting blame on him. him. Though that's the but thing, people you, get old. See, this is the thing. This is my favorite thing. I, I think it was a, it was a either a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago. Igor and Lundqvist essentially had identical starts. I kid you. I think they both gave up three goals. They both had the amount of save, the same amount of saves, and the Rangers lost Lundqvist's game. I think three to two, or I mean three to two, or four to three, or something like that. Then Igor won his start, giving up the same amount of goals, but the Rangers scored six. And yeah, you could say their play styles are different. They might have been more comfortable with you know Georgiev, but at the same time, he, they gave up the same amount of goals. They did their job the almost mm-hmm. the exact same amount of way. Granted, it was against two different teams, but, you know, the fan base is so eager to hate Henrik Lundqvist because it's like, you know, they might just be mad that they, he never won a Stanley Cup, a Stanley Cup ring. So you're Would just, just going to take it out on him? That makes absolutely gonna, no sense. Fans are going to take their anger out on any player that isn't playing well. Yes, that's true. Like, but obviously, they're not going to do it against Panarin right now. You they're even not going to do it admit, against Mika. You even have to admit there's a contingent of Ranger fans that have seemingly always always undervalued and not like Henrik Lundqvist. Maybe, maybe, I, probably not when he first started, and I'm sure there's going to be a contingent of Rangers fans that are going to hate Igor just the same. Because I, I don't, I don't, if anyone does that, then I don't know where their brains are at. I'm sorry. Th- not- there you go, but that's the same thing. 
I'm, you're say, I'm saying this now, but in five, six years, when he's still starting and the Rangers lose a game, a close game, let's say they lose 2-1, to one, oh, it's all Igor's fault. It's like, no, it's the Rangers' fault for not scoring more goals for him. They can't always stop one goal, two goals. I mean, they can't always give up one or two goals. Well, I just it's think, I just think as Ranger fans as a group, we've been spoiled. You know, think about like other teams, like for example, you look at Carolina, not to say that their goaltending situation is bad, or even Philadelphia, for example. Philly, outside of, outside of kind of hot, as, as people like to say, what, who has been their goaltender over the years? Just try and think of, let's see. Uh, it's inconsistent. No, uh, I agree with you. Ilya Brzezgalov, uh, uh, Brian Boucher. Um, uh, Roman Czechmonic, um, <laughs> Ray Emery. How, how can you forget about my boy, Michael Layton? Michael Layton. Michael Layton. Of course, Michael Layton, who was pretty good for them, by the way. Um, yeah. but, but you see, my point is, is that, uh, Brian Elliott can't, uh, no, Cam Talbot did. Yeah. No, Cam Talbot did play for them. Yeah. But, but you he see, did, that's my, he did. but that's my point though, is that, Evolving door. like, why are we getting so upset when, first of all, again, this is a rebuild. So, this is going to be expected that they're not going to be as good as they should be. Secondly, stop complaining. Yeah, he's it's, fine. It's bottom Hen- line. Henrik Lundqvist, let him ride out in the sunset. Do, let him do whatever he wants. At this point in yeah. his career, he deserves it. I'm sorry. If he doesn't want to waive his no trade, if he doesn't want to waive his no let move, you can't stay. fault the guy. Let him stay. Let a him finish ba- it out. A quote-unquote bad Henrik Lundqvist is a good backup. Yeah. And as much, and again, it's gonna go, we're gonna go back a little bit with the Georgie discussion. I love Alexander Georgiev, but like you said, with the good job of drafting the Rangers do with their goaltenders, he's expendable. So why not just let Henrik stay and let him come on in his own terms? You don't want to do what the Devils did and just let Berdura walk away when he still wanted to play. Let Absolutely. him go out with the same team and maybe, just maybe, some stroke of luck next season they make it to the final. Who knows? You also you also have to go over and think what is Alexander Georgiev. Georgiev thinking this whole entire situation. He was I mean, the backup, I'm sure, but I'm sure a guy like Georgiev, what he sees in this situation is he knows he's not going to start. You, you have to figure he knows that he's he, he's going to move, or I mean, he's effectively based on what David Quinn has said. He's lost a crease to Igor as well. And I mean, yeah. with good reason. Igor is playing out of his mind. But Rangers fans, going off what JL said about how you know how the Flyers just had seemingly this revolving door of goalies forever, the Rangers went from. John Van Beesbrook to Mike Richter to a little bit of a gray area there where we had like a Dan Cloutier and Kirk McClain and, um, and Fred McClain and, and uh, Kevin Weeks. But Dan like Black we're, ta- Burns. we're, we're about talking him. about a span of about maybe not too long. And then we went right to Ke- when we went right to Henry Lundqvist. And now we're going right to Igor Shesterkin. This is a franchise that has been spoiled with goaltending. And it's seemingly they're going to have no issues with it because, like JL also said, we have depth with that position because even if Georgiev gets traded, there's still Tyler Wall. Olaf Lindbaum. There's still Olaf Lindbaum. There's still, um, I'm, I'm sure, yeah, there we go, Adam Husk. I mean, it just keeps going on about, you know, goaltending in the New York Rangers organization. And, I mean, to get to the last part of our discussion here, do you guys think, that I mean, the sample size is small right now, and I mean, we're we're seeing flashes of the brilliance. Do you think Igor Shesterkin, in his Rangers career, can come close, or you know, 
actually, no, do you think he could come close to doing what Henrik Lundqvist did for this organization? Or is it too early to tell? That's because you could we could always say that too. Yeah, well, we'll just have to wait and see. But it seems yeah. like the Rangers are in, in you know they're in a good spot right now. Yeah. It, so st- stats don't lie, and you know the KHL is arguably the second best league in mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. And to put up numbers the way he has done is just unreal. Granted, it's in like a third of the amount of games that you know, like a that you know, it's just. He only played, I think the highest he played was 39 games in a season, which are, is about the same that he still, probably would see here. Still pretty absurd, though. It was still pretty absurd. No, those same percentages of goals against averages are literally godlike. And, yeah. you know, like NHL 20-like if you're playing be a pro for some reason. I mean, a goalie. You, you, but, can, you can say that Shesterkin's <laughs> just been putting up video game numbers his entire career. And I mean, he I has, mean even but, in the AHL, he's putting up crazy yeah. numbers. So, I mean, Henrik Lundqvist... No one, you know, especially from our generation, we grew up with Henrik Lundqvist's New York Rangers career. He means more to a lot of generations of Rangers fans than any players from other franchises could ever mean to any other franchise. I mean, he's just, he was the franchise for so long. He was our backbone. He was the superstar. And, you know, we're all going to miss him. And hopefully Igor takes these reins and he goes with him and, just continues this long successful history of Rangers goaltending. Kevin, Russell. what is our Twitter question this week? We have a Twitter question? Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do, Kevin. If you read the document, you would know I found one. I'm just kidding. What are the Rangers missing that once acquired will turn us into a serious playoff team with a real chance of winning the Stanley Cup? And this is from Jimmy at MC Pineapple 2020. Thanks for your question, Jimmy. I like your Twitter handle. That's a, that's a Ranger fan from the UK. He's a, he's a, he's a good he's a good lad, as they like to say. So. Well, I mean, that's a good question, <laughs> yeah. boys. Um, for me personally, uh, I think it's just all about development. I think Zibanejad is a fine number one center. I think Filipino will develop into a really good number two down the line. I think if I had to pick something to add, because um, they're going to lose Chris Kreider, and I don't know if Wichnevich at this point in his career is going to turn to the player that we all thought, I think the one thing I would like is, you know, you have Panarin, you have Kako, you have Kravtsov butting down there in the AHL. I think the one thing I would like to add for this team, because we have defensive prospects for days, we have a defensive pipeline for days, is in this coming draft, adding someone like Tim Stutzel, Alexander Holtz, Lucas Raymond, or Anton Lundell to get one of these really high-power elite game-breakers to play on the wing next to Zibanejad and Hedl, along with Kako and Panarin and Kravtsov, I think that is the thing that would push them fully over the edge into uh, Stanley Cup contention. I'm not saying next year, but within the next three years about how when all these kids kind of develop and they rise at the same time. I, uh, Feel like a I feel like a broken record having to say this again. But they're missing another center. Um, not that I don't think Filipino will make a good number two, but in order for them to really make a strong run, they need a one A guy. You know, Heedle's a good two. They need a one A guy. You have one, one A, two, and four. If that makes any sense, because you need that the one. Sense. 
you, you know, if you look at the, again, I'm going to reference back to the old Rangers, but if you look at the uh, the the uh, the older Rangers from like 2014, they basically had a one one A kind of. You had Stepan, Brassard, and then you had Richards. So center depth is important, you know. And, and it's not to say that Ryan Strom can't be that guy, but if you have Zabanichad on one line, and then you have a one A guy on another line with, you know, heck, you could even use Strom on that line and put a bona fide one A center between them. I think this team will be able to go places because then, not only that, you solidify the second power play unit. Because I think right now they have uh, either Heedle or Lemieux taking draws on the second unit. But if you had like an established guy, there, not to say like an old Wiley veteran, but like someone who's been in the league for some time, and the Rangers could find a way to trade assets for him, I, I think that'll do Interesting. wonders. Interesting. I like it. And, 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 and this is why I say that, and this is why I think it'll do well because... Heedle can do both. Heedle can play center and wing. And Heedle's got a big body. So he can use that in the corners a la Yager. So you want a guy down the middle who's good at, you know, moving the puck. And not to say Philip Heedle can't do it, but if you're really trying to contend and Heedle maybe hits a bump in a row in development, you stick him right there. Defense is fine. Goaltending's fine. That's, I think, what he's Paging Quentin Byfield. Paging yeah, pa- Quentin paging a top Byfield. ten pick, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, a top ten pick will help them extremely well. Um, I don't think that's what's the immediate impact that would be good because yeah, obviously we have a young team already. Getting a top ten or even a top five pick would help them in the long run. Obviously, another superstar in the making wouldn't hurt. But I gotta kind of agree with both of you here with development and another center where Ryan Strom, I see him and he's a winger center. Not a center winger, if that makes sense. Hybrid. He's a hybrid, but he seems more winger first. And just because he has his chemistry with Panarin, we're all expecting him to be, oh, he's our number two center. Maybe. But, you know, Mika Zibanejad is our number one center, but just having that 1A, like JL said, just so perfectly, is just so important. Where we could see that in Carl Henriksen coming up but again he's 19 time is what is the Rangers issue honestly a real chance at winning the Stanley Cup might not be for another two or three years real chance of the playoffs might be next year next year is very possible with who they could potentially sign in the offseason or even trade for at this deadline so you never know but let's finish it off Russ with our yes. lovely predictions oh uh, yes we had to we had to ring these out of you Russell yeah, I right. well, both of you for some reason. I got this one. I'll Here. start off. Oh, you got this. I got this. And one you last thank this. you to McPineapple2020. Thanks yeah. for sending in your Twitter question. We you always like it. hearing from you guys, so please send them in, and we'd love to keep answering them on the show. Just ask us questions so. on any one of our posts. We'll, we'll gladly answer them. Yes. So, will. first game we're going to do our predictions for is Rangers at Minnesota, uh, which is happening tomorrow. Uh, I say Igor starts again. I think... I'm putting this out into the world. I'm putting this one out into the world. Put some good vibes out there. Capo Caco gets four goals and a four to one win. Gets three assists from Filipino. Yep, four goals and a four to one win. Filipino gets three assists. The kids take over in Minnesota and force Bill Guerin to trade Matt Dumba and Jonas Brodeen by the trade deadline. Very, very interesting, Russell, because I also said Igor starts in a 4-1 to win, but I'm being more realistic with <laughs> goals from Kako 
Panarin and Kreider twice. Well, I hate to go against the grain here, but that's kind of what I'm known for. I think Yorgiev starts the Minnesota game. They win 5-4. Panarin scores twice. Zibanejad, Kreider, D'Angelo all get goals. I want to say D'Angelo's goal is going to be one of those sick wristers from the point that like, like, he had against New Jersey. He had like three of them, so that was pretty cool. So that's my pick. Going against I the like grain. It. That's what I, I do. Like no it. more grain. <laughs> and on Friday, the Rangers take on the Columbus Blue Jackets at Nationwide Arena. Uh, I say again, Igor starts. This is Igor's team. He's going full force here. Igor's going back to back here, baby. He's okay. going. He's going again. I say we see a five-three win at Nationwide. Panarin four points with two goals and two assists to get to get back at the Jackets again. Ridiculous. I say um, the other three goals in that five-three win come from Filipino, who gets a natural hat trick against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I say Igor Shesterkin makes 30 saves and Kapokako <laughs> adds three more assists that game. Oh, I think the Kako three assists is possible. But, uh, it it doesn't seem realistic. Uh, you know, I'm putting it out I to think, the world. I think because it's back-to-back games and David Quinn isn't crazy, unlike with that game with Lundqvist, um, <laughs> Georgiev starts. Um, they're going to lose 4-3 to three to overtime. Uh, I think McKegger, my boy, gets another goal. Lichnevich and my other boy, Adam Fox, also get tallies. They're all your boys, Kevin? Did you adopt All them? the team is my boy. Mm. The Rangers are my boy. <laughs> um, my son. I <laughs> I went a different route. I think the Rangers are going to lose. I think Igor, Igor starts this game. 4-2 uh, loss. Lichnevich and Fox. It just seems like both those goals will probably come at times when they don't need it per se so it'd be like four nothing in the third but like three minutes and they'll score two goals get, every, get oh, like everybody the game against the islanders and yeah gave get, me hope and then you yeah know, get everybody's hopes up and then just completely and then just lose anyway apart. yeah because i i think columbus is 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 fighting for us well they are in a playoff spot, but they're trying to maintain that so i don't i don't think they're gonna really lay down for the rangers as much as i love the rangers so. uh, Sorry, our final rangers. prediction game uh, the Rangers take on the Boston Bruins at TD Garden on Sunday. Igor Shesterkin, boom, no, no, another stop. No, no, they're here because oh, I wrote Boston I'm sorry. at it New was York. Yeah, I'm you know. sorry. So they hockey day in America. Sorry. I apologize. Hockey I apologize for my error. Hockey day in America. Igor Shesterkin starts again, and Three times four days is unbelievable. He puts together another stellar, classic Shesterkin performance of 50 saves. Stymies the Bruins all day long. T- time out for a second. You think they're gonna start Igor four times in a row? Start the hot hand, right? That's what David Quinn <laughs> said, right, baby? <laughs> it would also be realistic. Uh, and the I Rangers do think win. Igor starts. And the Rangers. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't finish it, my oh, friend. Oh, I'm sorry. And the Rangers win 1-0 with a goal from Capo Caco at 19:50 of the third period. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Boom. I'm writing 1950 in there, just so just so it's, it's there. <laughs> oh, so it's going to be one of those nail biters, I see. Oh, you know, probably a very boring game. Uh, I think Igor starts again, but they do lose two to one, and and Kako Kako gets the lone goal. But I'm going to say in the second period, <laughs> at 6:25:57. Oh, we're getting real specific with these now. No, four, five, six. I love that. Uh, I think this is the one Lundquist starts, and 
unfortunately, I think this is the one where they end up really blowing the Rangers out again. Uh, I, I, I keep getting reminded of that last uh, appearance at Madison Square Garden. And the Bruins are just a well-oiled machine. I think they Lundqvist starts. It, this won't be his fault. It's 6-2 to two loss. And Shea and Kako will score for New York. I'm not going to say what time because I'd like to be a little more accurate on my predictions, but I will probably swing and miss harder at this than any Mets player in a big situation. Oh, uh, Mind you, I'm a Mets fan. I can see We're all well. Mets fans. <laughs> Just so happens so, to you know, be that way. Thank you, guys Sorry, for thank you guys for joining us this week. I know my predictions are kind of crazy. The other two guys are more grounded in reality, but I'm trying to speak some things into existence here. That uh, okay. <laughs> All right, Russell. I see you. <laughs> if, if, if they come into existence, the Rangers need to give you a medal. How about that? Yo, if, if, if my predictions came true, that'd be pretty crazy. That'd be pretty crazy. But we will see. Hopefully, we just experience a bunch of Rangers wins. Igor gets hot. The Rangers sneak into the wild card, and they become... Stanley Cup champion. But that's not going to happen, but that would be pretty cool. <laughs> that would, <laughs> anyway. If that happens, Russell, I've told you what I did. I mean, if that happens, I'm blacking out on 7th Avenue in June. But we'll get we'll, 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 we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> change! Spare change! <laughs> Boys, thanks for joining me this week. We'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Thank you to all the listeners for joining us. Wait, wait. I almost forgot. We are powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. No. <laughs> yes. I, I and you know swear what? I was going to say it if you didn't. JL, say those three sweet words to take us out, my friend. Outside of being powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com, <laughs> let's go, Rangers. Powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. You've been listening to 4B Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. This is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. The Raiders have moved to Las Vegas, but Raider Nation is worldwide. Hi, Silver and Black Maniacs. I'm Scott Goldbranson, host of Silver and Black Today, the first and only all-Raider show from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada. A-list guests like players and coaches, and the best Raiders talk in the land. Subscribe and listen today if you just want to win, baby. 
Business with personality. That's the idea that launched London's business newspaper, City AM, 15 years ago. And it's the same idea that inspired our new daily podcast, The City View, where you'll find me, City AM editor Christian May, interviewing the most well-known, influential and colourful figures from business, politics and finance. The City View from City AM, with a new episode every morning. It's the perfect start to your working day.